Hey there, everyone. It's Michael Martin. Thanks for being here. So here's one little trick that can help you too when you're going through all of this and you're adjusting your stops, right? So basically you have a bunch of open positions. You're taking the risk home. You get paid for risk premia and you've got a list of where your protective stops are. You might find that during the day you're spending a lot of time not necessarily entering necessarily new trades on new breakouts, but a good portion of the day is babysitting your protective stops and moving those, right? Because you have on newer trades, protective stops that stop you out without losing a lot of money. As the names mature in your portfolio and they move and they trend up, presuming you're long, you're using those stops to preserve your gains, right? So you have all of that going on at the same time. I think when you look at your, your overall set of rules, from a 30,000 foot view, you can put yourself in the mindset of, of abundance because it's really just a matter of time. If you have a set of rules that have positive expected value, the goal then is for you to express that edge on every single trade that you possibly can and no more, no less. You don't stop finding GameStop and other stuff and, you know, whatever. That's crazy stuff. It's not a trading edge, right? But if you have a trading edge, then your goal is to try to put that and affect that edge as many times as possible. And if there is no trade, then you sit on your hands and you manage your stops. There will be days where you're just managing your existing positions. That's the way that it works. But if you think about it from the 30,000-foot view, if you have a system, again, that has positive expected value, and you know over time that you'll have hundreds and thousands of trades it's really just a matter of time before you start to hit your goals, right? Hopefully you have goals and that's the whole point in the first place. If not, you know, reach out and I'll help you out. But in the meantime, then you're really just putting yourself in the mindset of abundance because the math doesn't necessarily change on a dime. If you have a robust system, right, it should work for a while before you need to make smaller tweaks, right? And make the adjustments because markets evolve just like you do. And that is going to happen. But they don't typically turn on a dime is what I'm saying. And so when you think about setting your goals, which is what I would always recommend first, most people don't want to do it. They just want to jump in. Um, I think that's a mistake. But I do think that there's benefit to thinking very, very abundantly. Because necessarily, you have to remember, if, you're, if you have positive expected value, even on the more frequent losers that you may have, right, you are still on average making money. Just like when you play a game of negative expected value, like roulette, for example, even though from time to time you may win, every time you spin, on average, you're losing when you think about it. So... When you have a system of positive expected value, one way that you can deal with that reluctance to take consistent small losses is you just realize how integral that taking small losses is to your overall system. It's really what makes the winners winners, right? If, if I think I said somewhere that you only have gains to the extent that you keep your losses small, but ultimately, if you don't cut your losers quickly, you can have unwieldy 
you know, losses in the account that offset all the big winners. And so now you've done this big tap dance for what? For drama? Intentions equal results. So what's the point of doing that? You'd know better than me, but drama is likely the deal. Maybe victimhood. I don't know. I don't find that particularly attractive myself, but some people like to play victim, like people shoot their mouth off and complain about the world not being fair. It's like... You know, you have to be responsible and take responsibility. The worst thing is to hear a risk manager complaining about the world not being fair. There's a person who's in the wrong job. So at the end of the day, start to think abundantly that it's not about any one trade. It's not any even a group of 100 trades. It's really going to be a long, long period of time, 10, 20, 30 years, where you'll be affecting these trades in a robust system that expresses positive expected value where you know that taking small losses really adds up and it's what helps your gains look like gains after everything is said and done. So from that perspective, you can learn to appreciate and welcome those consistent small losses, right? Because they only can hurt you necessarily when they all add up. And sometimes we just get into crappy markets. You get into a drawdown. That's the way that it goes. But from what I've seen, being in a, in a drawdown for a trading account can oftentimes be much less worse than if you were buying holding like an S&P 500 fund and the market falls into despair. You could find yourself down 25 to 40%, right? And that would be a lot worse than being in an account, you know, trading account where you, you know, have a 12 to 14% drawdown. It's a whole other world in terms of when you dig yourself out and get back into profitability. So this is one way you can change your mindset is to think about all the trades. Think about hundreds of trades together and how they all kind of exist in the same family. They're all kind of cousins because they're all getting generated from the same ethos. And you're like, all oh, right, today we're just going to harvest a small loss. That's the way that it goes, you know, and just appreciate it. You appreciate that you're able to take the small loss because a lot of folks who don't have the discipline find themselves in these big positions where they can't get out. You know, I, I people send me things on in the various channels. They're like, here's a guy who owns GameStop at 250 and it's he's holding on for a thousand. And I find it hard to fathom, like, what is the, what's the mindset of that? What is that mindset in terms of ownership and responsibility? My guess is that person has delegated their hopes and wishes to people who have zero or not that much experience in the market, even if they're billionaires or well-off, you know, and making big market calls, because I guess it feels safer to have somebody else make the decisions for you. But we live in a paradigm of personal responsibility where we have to kind of, again, find all the ingredients, find the combinations of them that work together for flavor. Do we apply heat or not to cook? And then how much of our own cooking can we stomach? Right? That's what traders effectively do. It all is on you. Um, which is why I think a lot of people have difficulty because they never had that type of responsibility in their overall lives. So now they find themselves with money and they think that, well, 
I can go open up an account. There's very few speed bumps. There's really no risk of getting turned away. Somehow, somewhere, all the know your client stuff has been flushed down the toilet. There is <laughs> almost no more New York Stock Exchange Rule 405. And there's no Hippocratic Oath that says just because someone wants to, uh, you know, commit financial suicide, uh, we have to stand by and let them do it. I don't subscribe to that. I think people should be able to pass some basic litmus test before they start handling a loaded gun. I think getting a trading grub stake is hard enough in the first place. You ought to be person ought to treat it with a lot more respect. Because they can do wonderful things if they apply themselves and do a little bit of work. Um, more than just kind of subscribing to, you know, some of these crazy ideas. Uh, but anyway, this might help you in your mindset when you start thinking about whether you're trading a robust, a robust set of rules that you've back-tested through a simulator or whether you just want to trade one or two of your favorite chart patterns. It's all the same to me. You got to keep your losses small. And when you think about it and don't become emotionally invested in the outcome of any one particular trade, especially if you're in love with the security and what it means to you, right? Or what you think it means to society, it doesn't matter what it means. If you're losing money and it, it has to go, come back at another time. I promise you, some of these people who are trading the GameStop or the you know, Bitcoin, whatever the, the drama, the drama stocks are. You have to remember that some of them might get hit. And despite the bullish thesis that's going around for any or all of them. The way that plays out and when it plays out is up to the market, not up to any prognosticator or somebody who's setting up a fund or somebody who's making a proprietary investment and all that kind of stuff. Of course, your eye is going to find what you want to find emotionally. What you need to do is think more like a contrarian and find the stuff where people are speaking negatively, right? And find out why are they thinking. You don't have to agree with them, but you need to be that promiscuous with your mind, with your mindset and open it up to what the possibility is of losing money because it'll help you understand that your protective stops are there for a reason, right? And I'm presuming that you're, you're trading stuff, not taking a small allocation of cash and putting it to something, you know, to work longer term. That's an investment. I'm not talking about investments here. I'm talking about putting on a trade and having it work against you despite the strong feelings that you have for the underlying intentionally or theoretically or philosophically or fundamentally or any of all of those together it doesn't matter when you lose money you're losing money your timing was wrong you might have bad luck your analysis could be off could be any of those three altogether the point is is that when you're losing money and you're trading you have to offset the risk you'll have a clear head your account balance will be more stable from taking the loser out and you'll have more of your money next trading session to put to work if you have a setup that you can put on or a trade that you could put on when you know you can express your edge it's really that simple when you think about it it's hard to do day after day but it doesn't get a whole lot harder than that you just have to have the discipline to do it and it's true for new people and it's true also for people who again have 150 million dollars you got to get out of your losers 
you know, I've seen those big accounts get whittled down because uh, people are trying to take it in the teeth, fight the, fight the tape. It doesn't work. So think of it like a wave to surf. You have to kind of go with the flow. You can't be in your will. Um, anyway, those are my thoughts for today on managing risk. If you have any feedback or things that you'd like me to discuss, please feel free to reach out. I can always take suggestions and feedback and incorporate it into another episode for you. In the meantime, if you'd like the audiobook version of the Inner Voice of Trading, which is my book, you can get the download for free over at Martin Chronicle. It's on me. Appreciate you being here, and I will see you tomorrow.